I don't think that you'll know yourself and know how to best lead yourself yeah. if you never ever have moments alone where you can reflect or you can be quiet. If you're only ever just busy, you're you're going to be skimming the surface and it's going to stay very superficial, in my opinion. And I think a lead, even even a, even a leader that's already shown a lot of potential, if they never slow down to go a little bit deeper, they are going to struggle to to grow into the full capacity, the full potential that I think. Awesome. So up next, we've got the amazing Jason Render. For those of you that don't know, he goes by either Pastor Jason, Jason, Uncle Jace. Um, he wears so many caps. He wears a dad cap. He wears a leadership cap. He wears a, a friend cap. Um, so lean into this conversation as we hear from him now. So um, I realized that the problems that we're experiencing in Africa are not, we don't have a money problem in Africa. Come yeah. on, think about it, we, all the minerals that we have with all the resources, like we are really yeah. rich in terms of resources. And I realize that the problems that we're facing in Africa, I mean, the, I mean, they boil down to two things, which is le- lack of leadership uh, and I mean, not, not creative entrepreneurship. Yeah. And my question for you is how do we raise leaders leaders that have integrity leaders that are able to stand strong and be able to solve these problems that we are facing in 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 africa you know i think i think one of the biggest challenges is actually um the modeling of character so our our challenge is not so much the lack of people that are in the positions of leadership it's that we don't often feel like the people that are in positions of leadership actually have the character that a leader should possess. Wow. And so I think that so much of that comes down to the the modeling and the mentoring of boys and teenagers and and uh, adults and girls and teenage you know and, and young ladies. So where so where so where boys and girls are actually seeing um yeah noble character yeah. being being um yeah, being modeled for them where the where the priority is not what I can get out of it as a leader, oh. which I think my perception is that a lot of the time that's our problem in Africa is that is that and whether that's business or government or sometimes even in MPOs and sometimes in churches too, is you know what can I get out of it? So so you can't you that's that's not a theory that you can teach someone. That's something that has to be caught, it's not taught. Yes. And I think that that's why I do think that healthy schools with healthy teachers and healthy leadership model there. I think sports clubs with healthy leaders. I think of a of a policeman in our area, um, close by in Joslova, who um, runs a like a type of a soccer training club wow. for boys at his own expense down the road close to the beach. I'm thinking here's a guy who's modeling um, character, discipline, mm-hmm. work ethic to young boys. And he's keeping them off the streets. He's arranging, you know, uh, matches for first thing on a Saturday morning so that they're a little bit less tempted to stay up late doing all kinds of stuff they shouldn't do on a Friday night. So I just think modeling and mentoring where where the right values are caught. I think when the right values are caught, then they can take their gifts of innovation, creativity, and entrepreneurship, and they, and they can apply it in the right way. Leadership is a double-edged sword. Hitler was a significant leader. Look at what he did. That's true, yeah. Donald Trump, <laughs> whether you like it or not, Don, Donald Trump has somehow, I, I don't know how, but somehow he's managed to get a whole bunch of people 
to follow him. That's true. Um, so, so, so leadership is influence. I just wish that more leaders had a better influence that they can pass on to to other people, um, as opposed to as opposed to a very egocentric and a very. I don't think too many people would argue that Donald Trump is narcissistic. That's true. Um, that's my opinion. And, and that he lacks empathy. So, so, so that, and, and the more that he's been around and the more that he speaks like this, the more that he seems to bring that out of other people. He's like a magnet for hatred and prejudice. And anyway, that's, that's my opinion. So I'm saying, okay, he's a leader and he's, and he's making a difference, but the only way to actually raise up more leaders that are gonna make a more healthy, noble difference are gonna be to actually have mentoring from a very young age. I don't think you get to reprogram reprogram that in someone's brain when they are a leader in their twenties or thirties or forties. That's that is so true. That is so true. I think what I've really what I've realized with Donald Trump, the perfect example that you gave, is that people really follow leaders with integrity, but people follow clarity. I'll yeah. give you an example. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. What was Hillary Clinton's campaign message? I don't know. What was Donald Trump's <laughs> campaign message? Make America great. <laughs> so it's 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 one thing that I realize yeah. that people follow clarity as, as opposed to integrity. Very good. A, a lot of people followed Hitler. Yeah. Um, which which boils down to you know you can be a leader and influence people for the right things or the yeah. wrong things. A guy who is a leader in a gang is yeah. leading leader. people. Correct. A guy who's leading people in, in, in a church is leading people. Yes. So it just comes down to. Are we able to influence people to do the right things? Yeah. But I think leadership as well, one of the most important things in leadership is you cannot be able to lead others before you lead yourself. Yes. Yeah. So um, maybe you can you can just go deep in, in, in terms of that idea. How do I lead myself better? For a person who's watching, a person who's listening, yeah. and you hear people talking about this leadership, leadership, how yeah. do I lead myself? That's a great question. I think that... As much as I'm speaking against selfishness, there is appropriate self-care. Wow. And and so one of my challenges in leadership, so I've been in full-time, so, so like my, my job has been leading from the age of 20, um, and I didn't do very good self-care for a long time. And so I started finding myself burning out um, at different stages in my journey because I had no boundaries and I had no, I, I didn't recognize appropriate healthy limits. Yeah. And so there's a balance between this idea of, you know, you can give it, you know, give it all hundred percent and leave, leave it all on the field. And um, if you believe it, you can achieve it. Yeah. You know, I, I get the, I get the heart behind that. But if I'm going to give a hundred percent to this goal, that means I'm giving zero percent. Sure. to other stuff and so I even think that in some ways looking back I neglected my marriage a little bit I neglected oh. my family a little bit until I started realizing that that and I definitely neglected my own health oh. um, uh, you don't get this way by looking after yourself so <laughs> so I I had to so I've been on a journey for the last few years of just yeah. trying to understand the 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 tensions mm. of of loving and serving people and and yet also knowing appropriate limits and boundaries as to when I need sleep, when I need exercise. Mm. Um, exercise for me has become more of a stress management uh, priority as opposed to even just a weight management priority. I think oh. that I think that exercise, and, and, and especially if you get, so for me, I enjoy getting out, getting out into nature. I feel like I'm oh. a far better leader when I create space 
So, so what some people would call white space to actually yeah. just get out into nature, go for a hike and, and switch my phone off, clear my head and where I can actually then work um, on it as opposed to just working in, in it. it yeah. And um, that's been a huge shift for me. Mm. a huge huge shift and and so it's just been tr- even trying to figure out the difference between how do i care for without carrying and so because i work with people i'm a pastor um in the early years i would often carry every problem so when someone would be struggling someone would be suffering i would want to carry that problem and i'd want to take it home with me and take and and be thinking but i, I would feel like it's like it's noble if i'm thinking about this and praying about it and, and wrestling over it at night and losing sleep until I realized again, I'm not God. So what are appropriate limits? What can I do? What can't I do? And I just think that if you look at some of the significant leaders in history, the ones that we actually do respect and like, yeah. um, if they maintained an, 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 an overall health, they probably had a certain, uh, they probably had a healthy sense of their limits where, where they knew when they needed to spend time with people that replenished them and, and inspired them, when they needed to spend time alone, just being quiet and thinking. In Michelle Obama's book, uh, Becoming, Becoming her, yeah. uh, her Biography, she talks about how, how Barack Obama would spend so much time by himself reading, researching, analyzing, because he's someone who obviously is energized you know, in a more introverted way. So, so you've got to know yourself and know what's going to help you lead best. That's, yeah. that's how I, th- and then it takes discipline and it, and it's hard to say no to people. Um, but the problem is everything I say yes to, I'm saying no to something else. Well, wow. and so if I'm going to say yes, because I want to try and please everybody and help everybody, well then that, that yes might feel noble in the moment, but I'm saying no to a whole bunch of other stuff. And I've got to be, I've got to always be evaluating what's the bigger yes, what's the bigger no. Wow. Those are a few examples of how I think we can lead ourselves, but it takes it takes discipline. And again, I don't think that you'll know yourself and know how to best lead yourself yeah. if you never ever have moments alone where you can reflect, where you can be quiet. If you're only ever just busy, you're you're going to be skimming the surface, and it's going to stay very superficial, in my opinion. And wow. I think a le- even even a, even a leader that's already showing a lot of potential, if they never slow down to go a little bit deeper, they are going to struggle to to grow into the full capacity, the full potential that I think Wow, exists. wow. You know, um, off camera, we're just speaking how, about how you're passionate about education. Uh, my problem with the educational system that we have today is that we've been teaching people what to think as, as opposed to teaching them how wow. to think. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that yourself as a parent, as a pastor, as a church, are doing to help change that and help and develop the the next generation or the, the your, your own children yeah. to be able to 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 really think outside the box, know how to think, not just what to think. It's funny yeah. that I always say this that um, passing at school is just you can just become a very good at I mean, at cramming stuff. And yes. You go in an exam yes. and you cram and you, you know come up with yeah. uh, distinctions, but yeah. you know really uh, boils down to are you able to think. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, I think we have to allow for conversations. I think we have to allow for questions and we have to allow for disagreements. Mm. Um, I think that if if as a parent or if as a leader, um, it's not just what I say, it's, it's the environment I create. So I can tell my oh. kids they can ask anything. But if they see me getting tense and uncomfortable when they ask certain questions that might make me uncomfortable or, or, or if I react defensively, 
or if I if I give them even the slightest micro expression of disappointment if they're not thinking the way I'm thinking then I think subconsciously I am I am placing pressure on them immediately then okay dad thinks that way or, or our pastor thinks that way so I need to think that way and um, and I, I, so I think we have to be careful that we don't manipulate and intimidate people wow. um, in their thinking also I mean I was even saying to our church this past weekend that um, so much of church history has been, you know, in terms of denominations and churches, has been about has been about focusing on where they disagree, and yeah. and I think that's really sad. Um, and I think even and I think even even in the world, I think Christians are often known for what they're against, as opposed to what they are for. And so the the point I'm trying to make is that is that even in terms of various churches and denominations, I think that that there are some non-negotiables that we need to be quite clear on in terms of you know I'm willing to die on that hill, but that's probably a lot less than what we think oh. and so and so the point I'm trying to make is that I think we need to major on the majors and minor on the minors and, oh. and actually allow for allow for interaction allow for um, for input and 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 to also be exposed to thought leaders that are not in your world so oh. people that so people that think differently to you yeah. um, people that might not even be from the same you know faith or culture as you. Uh, so for me, it's, 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 I mean, even just personally, you know, I've been on a journey for four years where our, our oldest daughter that we adopted is is originally from Congo. Her boyfriend, who she then got engaged to, is um, Congolese and from a more traditional Congolese family. Wow. So even the idea of them getting married and and sorting out things like Lebola and, th- and things like that, that's been a huge uh, learning curve for us. And I've had to recognize where maybe I make light of things that are not right to make light of and where I need to broaden my my perspective and my very white western you know narrow you the reference money? no <laughs> not yet oh not yet not yet mm-hmm. um, but 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 these so, so I think I think even just for us to remain as learners and to and to just try and put our, our egos aside and to and to realize that there's very very little that we know a lot about I think I think I think again if leaders are modeling the fact that we're constantly learning and I think that that learning has to also go to younger generations so I, mm-hmm. I, I need to know how people in their 20s and and their teens are thinking because there really is value like it's not a token thing there really sure, yeah. is value people are thinking in a way that I don't think so I think if we model that environment for people so even in a church context we're not trying to just you know brainwash people um, I think it's important to constantly be equipping people to read the Bible for themselves, to ask questions for themselves, to wrestle over doctrine and theology, and to mm. and to ask questions, and to be okay with not with not necessarily agreeing on everything. Yeah. So I think I think it's the environment and the culture that you develop. Wow, interesting. Um, I'm going to ask this question. I, I know in the Bible I noticed something where, where when Jesus Christ was um, ex- telling, giving the vision to the disciples. He, he told them where they were going to go. He said, go into all the world. And, and he told them what they were going to do. To, they were going to and say, preach the gospel. Yeah. Uh, he told them who they were going to preach to. Uh, but he never taught them how. Yeah. And one of the things that I realized was that if he told them how, because the how always changes, but the why doesn't change. Yeah. And one thing that I've really noticed uh, when it comes to uh, that, that, that Bible is that the churches 
the the why the vision of the church yeah. is the same but how we are doing it is different yeah. Yeah. um I, I really want to ask you when uh, when when the coronavirus came and, and and the crisis came how you pivoted as a church yeah. some of the things that you were doing and begin to change and adapted and yeah. yeah. a different direction that you had to take so so that was quite a shock for us and um, we we weren't ready for for the coronavirus um but i think it forced us to come into the 21st century with or at least into 2020 with <laughs> with with technology um so all of a sudden we had to um find ways to communicate with our people without seeing them so I'm not a big fan of social media personally. It's not a moral statement or a value <laughs> statement. I, I'm a little bit OCD, so I can get distracted way yeah. too easily. So for me personally, I've got to, I've got to, you know, it, it, I think it is digital cocaine for yeah. me, for me, for my personality. <laughs> so, so, so I'm, so I'm very, I'm not someone that wants to get too stuck into social media on a personal level, but, but that's where I had to weigh up the pros and cons. And now all of a sudden, that was the primary way that we could actually communicate you know, with people in our church and in our community. So I tried to do that personally and we did it as a church. Um, we had to suddenly start filming everything that we would normally wow. do for a Sunday. So so our preschool lessons, our primary school lessons, our our um, the, the, the the ministry, the program that we have with our, with our teenage community and our Sunday services, we had to we had to turn all of that into something that's now filmed that we can package for an online experience um, but even as we were talking earlier you know there are major problems for a lot of people with with data so we, we have a very very diverse church where people come from very different socioeconomic backgrounds um, so even there you know even though even though getting onto a zoom call for some people is not a problem for other people that requires data and they don't have wi-fi so um, you know we've had to try and do as much as we can via whatsapp and um, uh, so, so even even our Sunday service is trying to compress that into as small an audio file as possible that we can send that out to people. But besides everything that we've been able to do, I think the one positive thing that I think has also come out of that, and it comes back to your previous question, is that it it has also, in my opinion, I'm hoping that it's also challenged people as to whether or not they only rely on coming and drinking at the tap of the church. You know whether or not they they are willing to put personal habits into place to um, to spend time um, reading the Bible for themselves as opposed to only wanting it to be taught to them once a week and and in terms of their own personal you know prayer life and and uh, and and just connecting with people relationally you know um, so 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 there's a lot we've tried to pivot everywhere that we can digitally. Um, but then we've also tried to press in relationally where people are wow. checking in one on one, you know, and and um, yeah, especially with people that that were staying by themselves, which there were, you know, there were a few people that are living by them. I mean, isolation is a terrible thing. Yeah, that's true. It's a terrible thing. So so we so we've tried to address as much of that wow. as possible. Well, that's true. Um, I mean, we, one of the things that um, I'm very interested about is just how value shifts you know the paradox of value if i yeah. offer you um a diamond or yeah. and a bottle of water right now what are you going to choose diamond <laughs> okay but if you're in a desert yep. and there's you've been in the desert for the past month yep. and i offer you 
bottle of water and a diamond, what are you yeah. going to choose? Water. So what are some of the things that has changed in terms of your audience, the value? You know, maybe your people where they need to go to church, they need to hear the mm, word, but mm. some of the things that has changed that you've noticed that, okay, yes, we've been doing ABCD, yeah. but our audience now require ABCD. Yeah. What would I like them to value or what do they value? Both. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always quite conservative as to just how much I think people are, are taking on, but in terms of what I would like for them to value, it is their personal, genuinely, creating space, unrushed space for them to spend time with God wow. and for them to connect relationally. And so we talk wow. about like face-to-face -face relationships, heart-to-heart -heart relationships and back-to-back -back relationships wow. where, where you're increasingly, you know, becoming more known, more vulnerable, more intimate and where you've eventually got some friends that actually have your back and that'll see things that you don't see. Those are things that we can't make happen for people. We try facilitate it. I can encourage it, I can preach on it, but if there are two things that I'd love for people to be committed to on a personal value basis, it's their, it's their own genuine personal unrushed time with God and, and increasingly developing and deepening their relationships with life-giving relationships with other people. Wow, thank you very much for taking time to do this. Really Great appreciate pleasure. it. You're amazing, learned a lot, you're awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you have found this conversation insightful. But hey, don't forget to like, subscribe and hit that notification bell. See you guys soon.